Hello everyone! Today on podcast number 15, we're discussing the life of John Jay here on The Founding Female. John Jay comes from a prominent merchant family in New York City. They're descended from Huguenots, who are people who come to New York to escape religious persecution in France. Jay's grandfather, Auguste Jay, moved from France to Charleston, South Carolina, and then finally to New York. Peter Jay, who was John's father, was born in New York in 1704. He was a wealthy trader with furs, wheat, timber, and other commodities. Mary Van Cortland, who was John's mother, is of Dutch ancestry. Her and Peter were married in 1728 in a Dutch church. Together they had ten children. Only seven survived till adulthood. Mary's father, Jacobus Van Cortland, was born in New Amsterdam in 1658. He served the New York Assembly and was twice elected mayor of New York City. One other child married into the Jay family, and that was Mary's brother, Frederick Cortland. On December 23, 1745, John Jay was born. With the Julian calendar, he was born December 12th in New York City, three months after his family moved to Rye, New York. In Rye, Jay was educated by his mother until the age of eight. He was then sent to New Rochelle, where he studied under an Anglican priest, Pierre Stoop. After three years in 1756, he returned to Rye and homeschooling under his mother and George Murray. At 14, in 1760, he attended King's College, which is Columbia University as we now know it today. He met many influential friends there, such as Robert Livingston, who was one of his closest friends. And just like Jay's father, his political stand was a staunch Whig. After he graduated in 1764, he became a law clerk for Benjamin Kissam. The year of 1768, he was admitted to the Bar of New York. He then established a legal practice and worked there until he made his own law office in 1771. He was also the member of the New York Committee of Correspondence in 1774. He became its secretary, which turns out was his first public role in the Revolution. He believed the British taxes were wrong and thought Americans were morally and legally justified in resisting. But at the first Continental Congress of 1774, he sided with those who wanted reconciliation with Parliament. But with events like the burning of Norfolk, Virginia by the British troops in January of 1776, that pushed Jay into support of independence. He evolved into an ardent patriot and believed the American Revolution was inevitable. Jay married Sarah Van Braw Livingston on April 28, 1774. She was Governor William Livingston of New Jersey's eldest daughter. When Jay married Sarah, he was 28 years old and she was only 17. That's crazy. They had six children, Peter Augustus, Susan, Maria, Anne, William, and Sarah Louisa. Sarah went to Spain with Jay and later to Paris. They and their children resided with Benjamin Franklin. While Jay was in Paris as a diplomat, his father died. Extra responsibility was then put onto Jay. His blind siblings, due to smallpox, then became his responsibility. His other brother, Augustus, also suffered from mental disabilities, so he had a lot on his plate. Another brother, Frederick, was always in financial trouble and his brother James joined the Loyalist faction of New York State Senate at the outbreak of the Revolutionary War, which made his brother an embarrassment to the Jay family. 
From three months old until 1760, Jay was raised in rye on a farm acquired from his father in 1745. After he negotiated the Treaty of Paris, he returned to his childhood home in July of 1784 to celebrate with family and friends. He then inherited the property when his older brother Peter died in 1813. It was then later given to his eldest son Peter Augustus in 1822, and it remained in the Jay family until 1904. It was originally 400 acres, but is now 23 acres called the Jay Estate. His other property was Catanaw in New York. Both homes are open to the public. In New York, Jay was elected as a delegate to the First and Second Continental Congress. Jay originally was in favor of reconciliation. He helped write the Olive Branch Petition to urge the British government to reconcile with the colonies. Of course, we know he later changed his mind. He was elected to the Third New York Provincial Congress, where he then drafted the Constitution of New York in 1777. Jay eventually became the president of the Continental Congress and served from December 10, 1778 to September 28, 1779. He then became minister to Spain and was sent to get financial aid, commercial treaties, and recognition of American independence. The Royal Court of Spain refused to officially receive Jay as the minister of the United States. They refused to recognize American independence until 1783. Jay convinced Spain to loan 170000 to the U.S. government. He came back on May 20th, 1782. June 23rd, 1782, Jay arrived in Paris, where negotiations to end the American Revolutionary War would take place. Benjamin Franklin was an experienced diplomat, and Jay wanted to lodge near him in order to learn from him. July 1782, the Earl of Shelburne offered the Americans independence, and Jay rejected the offer on the grounds that they didn't recognize American independence during the negotiations. Jay halted the negotiations until the fall. John Adams credited Jay with having a central role in the negotiations, saying, of more importance than any of the rest of us. Jay joined Alexander Hamilton and James Madison in advocating for a stronger government than the one dictated by the Articles of Confederation. They wrote under the pseudonym of Publius called the Federalist Papers, a series of 85 articles, and it's a book I own and have read, and it's a very interesting read if you haven't read it. Jay wrote the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 64th Articles. It should be noted Jay did not attend the Constitutional Convention. September of 1789, George Washington offered Jay the position of Secretary of State and Jay declined. So George offered him a new title as Chief Justice of the United States. This time, Jay accepted. Only four cases were heard during Jay's time as Chief Justice. American exports were being blocked by British trade restrictions and tariffs. Madison proposed a trade war. George Washington rejected that policy and sent Jay as a special envoy to Great Britain to negotiate a new treaty. In March of 1795, the result is known as the Jay Treaty. It was brought to Philadelphia. The Democratic Republicans denounced it. The continued British impressment of American ships would be the cause of the War of 1812. Jefferson and Madison, fearing that a commercial alliance with aristocratic Britain might undercut republicanism, led the opposition. 
Washington put his prestige behind the treaty and Hamilton and the Federalists mobilized public opinion. The Senate ratified the treaty by a 20 to 10 vote. Democratic Republicans were upset at what they perceived as a betrayal of American interests. Jay was then denounced by protesters saying, damn John Jay, damn everyone who won't damn John Jay, damn everyone that won't put lights in his windows and sit up all night damning John Jay. A newspaper wrote, John Jay, ah, the arch traitor, seize him, drown him, burn him, flay him alive. Jay himself quipped that he could travel a night from Boston to Philadelphia solely by the light of his burning effigies. These people sound really angry and absolutely insane when you read that out loud. May 14, 1829, Jay was stricken with palsy. He lived for three days and died in Bedford, New York on May 17, 1829. He was buried at Rye, his childhood estate. Because next week is Thanksgiving, I will not be having a podcast. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And if you go shopping on Black Friday, I hope you have a safe one. But I will be back on December 4th. So catch you next time here on The Founding Female.